The leaders of the Commonwealth of Independent States meet this week in Sochi as latent tension between Russia and Belarus lingers in the aftermath of the Zapad military exercises. Hello from our broadcast headquarters in Prague and welcome to the Power Vertical Briefing, a weekly look ahead at stories we expect to make news this week. My name is Brian Whitmore, host of the Power Vertical Podcast here at RFRL, and joining me in the studio is RFRL's news editor, Steve Gutterman. Welcome, Steve. Thanks, Brian. So... One thing I'm watching for this week um, as the CIS summit uh, gathers in Sochi on, on on October 11th is how Vladimir Putin and Alexander Lukashenko will relate to each other. Because if there's one thing that last month's Zappa 2017 military exercises illustrated, it's that the so-called strategic partnership between Putin and Lukashenko is actually under a lot of strain. Putin wanted to use the Zapad exercises as a psyop to intimidate the Baltic states, Poland, and Ukraine, but Lukashenko pretty much reigned in his parade by going to surprising lengths to reassure Belarus's neighbors. And by most accounts, the Kremlin wasn't pleased. Neither Putin nor Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu visited Belarus during Zapad. Russian military commanders pointedly did not stay for a ceremonial dinner after the exercises. And Lukashenko backed out of plans to make a joint appearance with Putin at a Russian military facility. So this week's optics in Sochi should be pretty interesting. What, what, what will you be watching for there, Steve, with Russia and Belarus and in general with the CIS? Yeah, and I think for, for both of those things, kind of watch watch the language and the body language, um, you know, of Putin and Lukashenko and, and some of the others. I mean, the CIS, I mean, uh, on one level, it's kind of somewhat, you know, ineffectual organization. You know, I read, I read a news article on, I think, TASS about it just now that says, you know, one of the things they'll discuss is, you know, who will be chairman next year and where all will be located. And they always, Russian news agencies always... Uh, Flash breathless reports of that (laughs) will be held next year in Minsk or whatever. Um, But um, but you know on another level it is it is a a place and particularly this one being in Russia in Sochi, kind of Putin's uh, home base. um, You know it's it's a it's a venue for him to try to to try to kind of tighten the the reins Mm -hmm. on on former on other former Soviet republics and and sort of show that he's show that he's in in control and in command. But on the other hand. For people like Lukashenko, I think it's it's also you know a, a venue for potential grandstanding in terms of and you know as you are pointing out, I think Lukashenko or Lukashenko he he has repeatedly kind of gone to lengths with other leaders, uh, you know, meeting with other leaders like Ukrainian and you just met uh, Kadyrov to yeah to sort of uh, stress that 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 the other the other former Soviet republics you know are not are not just lackeys of of Russia and and they're and they're concerned about Russia's intentions so I think you'll you'll you know, you know we have the potential to see a dynamic there that's that's again not not that comfortable yeah and it's from by by most accounts uh, Putin and Lukashenko do not like each other um the relationships under a lot of strain now because basically Russia needs Belarus to kind of as an extension of the western military district if you will and Lukashenko's made it pretty obvious that he's not going to allow this to happen I've talked to some analysts in Minsk who say that there there's fears again that Russia may be turning to potential regime change in in Belarus um this is all speculation and supposition upon supposition because we don't really know but there's also been speculation that Lukashenko is going to try a fresh effort to weed root out Russian influence in the Belarusian security services so in the aftermath of Zapad all of these tensions are kind of 
like becoming coming to light and just how the two men interact with each other this week in Sochi is going to be fascinating. I also yeah. know that there's going to be a bilateral meeting between Putin and Nusultan Nazarbayev, the leader of Kazakhstan, which is another interesting dynamic to watch as Kazakhstan is, I think, emerging as the, the kind of the main challenger to Russia for primacy in, 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 in the post-Soviet space. So that would be interesting to watch as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have you, um, and, and there's also there also be side meetings between Putin and um, I think the Moldovan president Erdogan, who's who's you know pro Putin, but 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 on Central Asia, yes, uh, you know I, I think Putin there wants to to kind of rein things in and, and and see what he can do to you know to maintain as much influence as possible. You have the Kyrgyz uh, presidential election coming up on on October fifteenth, mm-hmm. and there. You know, Kyrgyzstan is is accusing um, uh, Nazarbayev and, to a lesser degree, Russia of, of kind of uh, of meddling. So there's an interesting, uh, interesting kind of back and forth going on there. You know, on Lukashenko and Putin, uh, you know, I think their their sort of bad blood goes back at least as far as in the mid 2000s when, you know, it seemed clear that Lukashenko wanted to, you know, to have a bigger role in the in the kind of union state and and Putin. Put him down and, and it made clear. Look, you know, you, you can be a governor. You know, you you're, be you're basically the equivalent of, of a governor. Yeah. Um, but but you know, since then, you know, there's always this question, and and now I think it's you know coming to a head more um, of you know when because because he always does go back to you know he, he's, he's doing this balancing act and he goes back to to praising Russia and being and being kind of um, uh, accommodating, but you know. There are increasing signs. I think you're saying that you know that this this can't last forever. Yeah, no, I think I think this I think Zapad really brought a lot of the tensions to the surface that were that were that were latent, and I think they're becoming increasingly manifest. It's something I'm going to be definitely be keeping an eye on. In another story we've been following, Putin has replaced no less than seven governors since late September as the leaders of of of, of Nenets, Krasnoyarsk, Nizhny Novgorod, Samara, Dagestan, Primorsky Krai, and Oryol have all lost their jobs. On this morning's daily vertical, I said this is equivalent of painting the facade to give the regime a, 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 a fresh appear, a, a false appearance of freshness. So what do you make of this? It's like a governor a day is dropping these days. Yeah, I mean, I think there are a few things going on. One thing that's interesting about it is that I think Commerson and maybe other media essentially predicted this in detail. So it's kind of like, on the one hand, Putin wants to kind of you know make a splash with these with these changes. But on the other hand, you know, it doesn't want. I guess the Kremlin doesn't want it to seem kind of um, willy nilly or, or disorganized. But I think there are a few things going on. One is is sort of simply that he wants to assure as much support as possible in the election. Um, but wouldn't you keep and, the old governor in in that sense? Well, I think. I mean, I, and the other or another branch of that is you know maybe appealing to to younger people mm-hmm. and attempt to appear to young younger people with with younger. Uh, candidates, some uh, not candidates, but governors rather, who are who are in control, sort of saying, "I am renewing," you know, right. Russia. You know, to what degree that's that's believed by the people being targeted, um, I'm I'm not sure. And another thing I think is, uh, uh, in some at least some of the cases, is just an attempt to to kind of create more control or, or gain more control of the situation. I mean, in um, Dagestan, he's appointed. You know this uh, Vasilev, who's a, a you know he's an Interior Ministry General. Uh, he's basically a you know a Silovik, um, and I think I think that's the the point there is at least in part to try to 
establish more of a, a Moscow-based presence mm-hmm. uh, and you know, someone who's who's closer to the Kremlin. Perhaps a, a signal to Kadyrov as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. But another another way to look at this also is this: as the election approaches, creating the impression that the problems in the regions are all related to the governors, and that they're, they're, the Kremlin's kind of the good czar, bad boyers kind of right thing, uh, is another. Um, it's almost and again, like I said, it's kind of Putin just achieved Brezhnev's longevity. He's trying to avoid Brezhnev's stagnation, and this is this is this is about the best he can do. On that note, we'll wrap it up. That's all we have time for today. You have been listening to the Power Vertical Briefing, a weekly look ahead at stories making news in Russia. We do this every Monday, so be sure to tune in. My name is Brian Whitmore, host of the Power Vertical Podcast. Joining me in the studio has been RFRL's news editor, Steve Gutterman. Join us again next week. And now, as always, I leave you with the soothing sounds of Noise NC. Noise NC.